Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be a lovely trip back to the threads of reddit.com, and in specific, to be specific, I'll be reading from the subreddit known as The Red Pill. Now, The Red Pill is a subreddit for men who are bucking against the oppression of feminism. Uh, and there's the red pill, and there's also married red pill, and the first post I'm going to be reading is from the married red pill, which sort of explains the concept in general as an overview. But before we get to the reading, as always, thank you to everyone who has donated to the podcast on Patreon, and supporting the podcast is always a delight uh, to see how many people like the show enough to chip in a buck every month. It's sort of like mind-boggling. That, uh, that there are so many that do. And thanks to all the new people who are listening to the podcast. If you've never heard the podcast before, welcome. This is a great episode to begin on. I should say that about every episode, even though some of them I recommend not starting with because they are kind of a, uh, a gauntlet to get through. But I digress. So thanks, everyone, for supporting the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thanks to everyone who has uh, asked for magnets recently. I'm actually down to my last... I'm actually down to my last two or three magnets at the moment. So get your magnet orders in. I forgot to order some today. So maybe we'll order some more tomorrow, but I don't know. The magnets are, of course, free. And if you would like one, please send me an email at loureads at gmail.com for your free magnet. Okay, with that out of the way, let's get to the reading. So the first thing I'll read is in reddit.com subreddit married pill in a thread started by Blue Pill Professor, married MRP moderator. In a thread entitled, Red Pill Jargon and Terminology, brackets, ex-post from TRP. And it goes like this. I find myself posting quick answers to common questions. And for the new guys, this usually centers around the technical jargon and metaphors that are used to describe the red pill. I therefore present a short definition of the major terms and invite discussion, critique, and analysis. The red pill metaphor. The red pill, brackets TRP, slash R slash the red pill, is about sexual strategy for men in a feminist-dominated world. It teaches self-improvement above all, but it is largely about what women are actually attracted to rather than what they have always told us and what we have always believed. Married red pill, brackets MRP, slash R slash married red pill, subscribes to the same philosophy and is derived from the same knowledge and observations made by men throughout the world. Besides self-improvement, the Red Pill methodology is primarily concerned with seduction and pickup artistry tactics, which are colloquially known as quote-unquote game and quote-unquote frame. In slash r slash married red pill, brackets MRP, we are using this body of knowledge to improve our marriages. When you learn the secret, it is almost like the famous scene in the movie The Matrix. Morpheus offers Neo a choice between the red pill and the blue pill. Morpheus says, quote-unquote, this is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Neo reaches for the red pill and is told, quote-unquote, all I am offering is the truth. When you take, quote-unquote, the red pill, you accept reality for what it is rather than what you would like it to be and adjust your behaviors, mannerisms, and goals accordingly. You accept that male and female sexual strategies are different, antagonistic, and that society has heavily tipped in favor of the feminine strategy to the detriment of men. Unplugging. In The Matrix, after Neo takes the red pill, he wakes up in a water-filled cocoon connected by wires to a massive computer. Quote-unquote, The Matrix is a computer-generated reality and humanity is enslaved by the computers who are keeping us alive attached to The Matrix. Unplugging from the feminine Matrix can be nearly as painful as Neo emerging into a very different and terrifying reality. It is often a very painful process to review your past relationship failures and develop an entirely new understanding of them. Many guys kick themselves over and over, lamenting the lost years when they they were trapped by a society stacked against them and a set of beliefs and ideologies that simply do not work. They were told to, quote unquote, just be yourself. They stayed, quote unquote, friends with girls who rejected them in hopes of earning their favor. They married women for richer or poorer who divorced them when business dried up and seemingly changed overnight. Men have various problems with unplugging, but perhaps the greatest is the discovery that women don't want to hear about your problems, your deep emotions, and that they don't love you in the way society and Disney has promised you will be loved. There is no fairy tale and there is no such thing as unconditional love. 
Women want a strong, masculine rock to lean on during their monthly emotional roller coaster. All we have been told about quote-unquote communication and quote-unquote sensitivity and being a good quote-unquote provider being the keys to making a woman want to have sex with you was a lie. Yes, it was all a shit test and you fell for it, which helps explain why there is so much anger when unplugging. Let us just, for a marked change of pace, try for a moment to consider the man's perspective. Consider the typical divorce filed in 80% of cases by the woman for no reason except she is somehow unhappy. She goes to find her happiness. He loses his wife, children, half of his income, plus child support, and still only sees his kid once a month. The wife divorced him to fuck hot alpha fuck who now sleeps in his bedroom, on his bed, and wakes up his kids with her screams while he rails her. That is not an exception or unusual in any way. That is very, very common. When you realize that there were ways that you could have acted and beliefs you could have adopted that would have retained the attraction or generated the attraction in so many other cases, the only possible response is anger. In fact, unplugging goes through all these stages of grief because you are in effect giving up and mourning an entire set of beliefs. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. The tingles. The vagina tingles are more than getting her wet. A woman who gets the tingles is wet and wants to get fucked, usually hard. Alpha behaviors generate the tingles. Beta behaviors may be nice and sweet, but they do not generate the tingles. Omega behaviors turn off the tingles. Male slash female attraction cues. Basically, whatever is good for making, brackets, and raising babies is what the other sex find sexually attractive. Men, young hourglass figured fertile females with big boobies. Women, strong leader able to protect and provide for the children. Check out the rational male for an intellectual perspective or the hardcore brother at the Chateau Hartiste for many exceptional articles on the topic. Alpha. There is not a total agreement on this nebulous concept. The quote-unquote alpha male is the guy who always has girls hanging off him and probably will rack up a triple-digit quote-unquote end count brackets of sexual partners while creating many alpha widows ready to divorce her beta husband for cash and prizes after she fakes it with him for a few years. The alpha is in the quote-unquote top 10% or so of attraction quotient. He is comfortable around women, handsome, masculine, confident, and self-assured, and often arrogant and narcissistic. He is usually usually dismissive of women and treats them like a kid sister, completely unfazed by her charms. This is enormously sexually attractive to women and the foundation of quote-unquote game, which is an attempt to mimic the alpha behaviors of men who are successful with women. Beta. The poor provider who gets shit on by everyone and rarely gets laid characterizes the beta. A beta male shows his sensitive side to women. He does not stand up to them, but instead bows down to the divine majesty of feminine power. The beta husband's motto is, quote, unquote, I have to do whatever she says because she has the pussy. A beta does not recognize or stand up to his shit tests. Beta has a bad reputation because while it is behavior that makes women feel warm and fuzzy inside, it does not activate the tingles or make her horny. Some beta behaviors are necessary for any LTR, but the vast majority of men today have been conditioned to overdo it by orders of magnitude. Omega. The real worthless dregs of sexual society are the Omegas. These guys don't just worship pussy, they put it on a pedestal. They stand in awe of it to the point they can't even approach a girl without shivering in fear. They live lives of desperation until ultimately they are quote-unquote chosen by a land whale who mines them for meager resources he is able to provide. Omega behaviors don't provide vaginal tingles, and they don't make anybody feel good. The most common adjective for them are, quote-unquote, pathetic, quote-unquote, ridiculous, and, quote-unquote, cringeworthy. Hypergamy, quote-unquote, marrying up, is a very strong instinct in women. Women want to marry a man who is taller, smarter, wealthier, and a better conversationalist who leads them in the bedroom and out. They get sexually aroused when a man takes charge and leads. Conversely, this means women do not become sexually aroused unless the man is fulfilling her hypergamous instinct. If his father dies or he becomes depressed, the woman's hypergamous instinct will quickly surface and she will lose sexual attraction. In today's feminine matrix, hypergamy means that 10% of the men have 90% of the sex while the vast majority of men are starved for affection and female attention. Hypergamy means if you are married, your wife is always looking to trade up and she will always be like a monkey ready to swing to the next branch while her other hand is still firmly on the previous branch. Men are also hypergamous and prefer younger, more fertile and curvy women. However, the dual mating strategy of women makes hypergamy especially problematic because it is virtually impossible to satisfy. If you are Albert Alpha with a 10-inch cock who fulfills all her darkest dreams, she will begin to yearn for Billy Beta who listens to her 
spewings and whisper sweet nothings into her ear. Hypergamy means simply that women are never satisfied and can never be satisfied. Their levels of dissatisfaction can only be managed, never satisfied, says hypergamy. Female dual mating strategy, colon, AF slash BB. Almost all women want alpha fucks. They get wet when a powerful masculine male asserts dominance and leads them into passionate sex, which they think, quote unquote, just happened. In fact, a strong man led them to it, but don't tell them that. Magicians and their tricks and all, almost all women also want beta bucks. They want a provider to take care of them and are more than willing to fake passion and give up sex for years in order to get it. Shit tests. Women test men to determine if they are really a quote-unquote leader worthy of an alpha fuck. Most of the time it is unconscious and they have no idea of what they are doing. A shit test is an unreasonable tone or attitude. A shit test in pickup situation is the standard bar banter with the peacocking, feather-strutting, pretend alpha males withstanding the verbal barrages from the interested females. The solution in both situations is agree and amplify, ignore, deflect, amused mastery, brackets, treat it as if it is something an endearing little girl did, or nuke, brackets, call them out and stop it. A shit test in marriage is basically the same thing. Women do this consciously and unconsciously. Game. A set of behavioral modifications consistent with observations implemented in order to maximize attraction. Game is being the quote-unquote alpha male. Cocky, funny, arrogant, irrationally confident, easygoing, in charge, strong, masculine. Game has been criticized as inauthentic and praised as equivalent to makeup and heels. Early game was sometimes reduced to memorize scripts, but more recent game emphasizes the devil-may-care attitude of complete confidence preferably with a smirk. The word is, quote-unquote, fake it till you make it. Frame. Your reality is your, quote-unquote, frame. The unflappable, cool, calm, rational alpha dude who attracts women is a good frame. If a girl is irritated and rude, this is a shit test and a test of your frame. Responding to her in kind with rudeness, hostility, or anger is, quote-unquote, adopting her frame. Responding to her like she is a child and you are the adult is, quote-unquote, maintaining your frame. Your quote-unquote frame is who you are at your best. The hamster. The female rationalization hamster is widely known as the deadliest animal with the most endurance of any rodent in the universe. Actually, the hamster is another metaphor and a critique of female psychology, suggesting that women often use emotion to literally rewrite history in their own minds. Imagine a hamster running on a wheel going round and round and round, changing little emotional perceptions of something that happened, and you get a small sense of the power of this beast. Let me give you an insight into the workings of the hamster with a real-world example. A girl is laying in her bed thinking, and the hamster wheel powers up. I had sex with Tom yesterday. It was okay. Tom didn't call back today. Tom didn't respond to my text. Tom is an asshole. I would not have had sex with an asshole. Tom was pretty aggressive when he was fucking me. It wasn't even that good. Tom didn't get my verbal consent. Tom had sex with me and I didn't consent. That asshole Tom raped me. Squeak, squeak. Men also have a hamster. Stratego's Autocratator's Law. Stratego's Autocratator's Law. The female hamster means you cannot argue with a woman. Logic can't survive against the hamster because the hamster eats logic and shits more hamsters. Deer. Defend, evade, brackets also excuse, explain, rationalize, aka the blue pill method of communication for faggots. The cock carousel. Like the horses on a carousel going up and down, the woman on this CC jumps from cock to cock as the wheel goes round. Our society encourages women to jump on as many alpha cocks as she can find in her 20s to satisfy the alpha while she is still then encouraged to quote-unquote settle down in her 30s with the same type of man that she sneered at, ignored, and belittled in her 20s. As the wall approaches, the CC rider suddenly decides that she is no longer a slut. Now she is a born-again virgin and her new boyfriend, nice guy who makes good money, is not going to get sex on the first date or the second or the fifth. Nope. She needs to establish the new relationship where she rations the sex in order to control her husband. She settles for a beta buck who can never excite her like all the hot guys she could never get to commit. She throws sex at her beta pet for months or years as long as it takes and then it tapers off, usually to twice a month often beginning on the honeymoon. The Wall. Beautiful women spend their youth not just fucking alpha cocks and rewarding the most arrogant, aloof, quote-unquote bad guys they can find, but also reaping all the benefits of their beauty and fertility. Men fall over themselves to please them. They have sexless male orbiters, buy them things, and provide validation. When yet another hot, quote-unquote, boyfriend pumps and dumps them, they get led into the clubs, men approach them and give them attention. Then fate steps in, sometime around age 28, and suddenly they're like a former star football player who is now beat up 
up, used up, and has one too many concussions. And suddenly the men, quote unquote, teams are not paying attention to them any longer. A woman whose eggs in the fridge are nearing their expiration date, brackets usually in their early 30s, has already slammed into the wall and their clock is ticking to lock down a provider to take care of them. See also, quote unquote, baby rabies. Solipsism. As a consequence of their privileged position in society and their natural biology, coddled women learn to think in terms of me, me, me. Women are wholly incapable of accepting the suffering of a man. If anything, it is sexually arousing to them to see a man hold up under prolonged torture. However, if the man succumbs to the torture, she will feel nothing but disgust. See also threat point or quote-unquote sexual denial in marriage 2.0. Dread. In Married Red Pill, this is a technical term that refers to my book, Saving a Low-Sex Marriage, The Man's Guide to Dread, Seduction, and the Long Game, and the 12 levels of dread in the wiki. Quote-unquote, dread is putting the slight fear or quote-unquote dread in your wife that you have, brackets, or could have other opportunities and other options rather than being chained to her whims. And I am a naughty boy ads should add some Sigma traits as well. From RiseofSigma.com. Genius slash cleverness. Determination to not be dragged into a system where they are either ruler or servant. Unique experiences that change them both for the good and the bad. It motivates and informs, but never warps. Success at something obscure but valuable. Always of, off-key, in a room full of people who will raise their hand in approval of something, the Sigma is the one who will raise their hand against it and not care what the others think. Odd sexual success. The pretty girl gets down in the staircase with the Sigma, then moves on and never talks about it again. While Walking in cold, the Sigma tends to draw eyes to them. Instead of returning eye contact, we do what we came to do without the whole backslapping, quote-unquote, hey, how you doing BS that a beta will do. We may nod ahead to the eye contact, but not be troubled by it either way. Sigma knows instinctively that beta will roll up. We ignore them and bother with the alpha if we feel like it. We'll also have fun, oddball, but true stories to tell the women. What? We'll also have fun, oddball, but true stories to tell the women, eat up the chocolate to the point they often say, quote unquote, tell me more, which of course we won't. Important difference, B slash T, Alpha and Sigma is empathy. We won't put up with someone punking someone weak out. Sigma knows this and thus avoid social situation where that is likely to occur. In general, a good test of Sigma is how many places Sigma male is invited to, or events to go to. How good she looks that does the invite. That we turn down not out of fear, we have better things to do, than put up with that bullshit. Have an on slash off switch. When a Sigma wants to, we can charm any women. We know it, but why bother? Common saying among women about Sigma is, quote unquote, there's something about him, i.e., quote-unquote, I tried to throw him some pussy and he turned it down. A high sense of perception on social dynamics. Sigmas also tend to attract beta male followers, as if he could build a tiny army. Tyler. The Sigma always reads the group environment and will seldom put himself in a social situation where he does not possess leverage. Ejection. Sigma will quickly vanish if he doesn't get what he wants. Charismatic. I think this is a defining quality. Sigmas are darker on whole. They are not happy, chirpy individuals unless it is needed to gain something. Shock factor. There is always a shock factor, an inability for people to read them not mainstream. You will never reflect an ideal. They are fringe members, but situated at the top of the fringe. And Blue Bill Professor replies, It took me a long time to process this Sigma concept and quite a few dabs. IMHO, colon, I think Sigmas are just a weird kind of loner alpha. I have worked with several and they are not socially retarded. They just genuinely don't care about social conventions, brackets, in an Asperger's syndrome sort of way. So they don't work well in groups. They are preternaturally confident. They are aloof and can read intent and emotions exceptionally well. They make quick decisions and stand by them. They are attractive and fun guys, especially for beta men. All that is alpha. At best, you get to define a subcategory of quote-unquote alpha, not invent a whole new Greek letter, I-M-H-O. And the Blue Pill Professor adds again, some married red pill some married red pill terms and acronyms. TRP, the red pill Reddit with 100,000 plus subscribers. MRP, married red pill Reddit. MMSL, married man's sex life. Exceptional book by Aloth K. Brackets MPBUH. Also may reference his blog. NMMNG, no more Mr. Nice Guy, book on sidebar. WISNIFG, when I say no I feel guilty, book on sidebar. Family Alpha, the notion that married men running and supporting families are the alphas. Pollyanna? Maybe in this civilization, but in every other civilization in all the world history, it was true. Oak, 
A single quote-unquote move or behavior that is both quote-unquote alpha, brackets strong independent masculine that brings the tingles, and quote-unquote beta, brackets providing comfort and affirmation that does not bring the tingles but brings warm feelings of security. When your stoic calm strength gives her warmth and security at the same time, you are her quote-unquote oak. Map, mindful attraction plan. Book by Athol K describing your quote-unquote man action plan, brackets also quote-unquote map. DNGAF. Do not give a fuck. The secret sexual attraction trigger women don't want you to know. O.I. Outcome independence. The ability to remain calm regardless of the outcome of a sexual advance or instigation, and thus your frame is quote-unquote independent of the quote-unquote outcome of your advance. Women are enormously attracted to a man who can maintain O.I. in the face of rejection, and it is a critical skill in marriage. Dear, defend, explain, evade, rationalized. From NMMNG and popular psychology literature, this is what you want to avoid when speaking with your wife, brackets, or anybody else. You are a man, you don't need to defend yourself, explain yourself, evade inquiry, or questions, or rationalize what you are doing. AA, agree and amplify. Go to the method, brackets, after STFU, to spark attraction with a woman who is shit-testing. Quote-unquote, are you cheating on me with that girl? AA, no way. I will only cheat if you videotape us. The idea is to not take the shit-test seriously. Don't get butt-hurt. Make a joke about it. Agree with it and, quote-unquote, amplify to ridiculous proportions. AM, amused mastery. The best method for building attraction and resolving shit-tests. You are the in-charge daddy gently guiding your little girl to right thinking and behaving. Scurve Merch's Law. Quote-unquote, it's not cheating if she can't or won't. And that is sadly the end of that insightful thread. I'll go from that thread to a new thread in the Red Pill subforum. It's actually part of a, it's actually a link that was on the Reddit subforum that goes to forums.red in a thread started by Luke Mooney entitled... How to bang on the first date. And it goes like this. Always assume you're going to bang. That is the best piece of advice I can give you. 1. Attire. Wear clothes you are comfortable in. I don't mean actual comfort. I mean clothes that you have scored in before or had compliments about. The aim is to avoid the uncomfortable feeling of insecurity regarding a new garment or combination of garments. Being relaxed is key. If you wear brown shoes, wear a brown belt. Black shoes, black belt. Don't wear blue jeans and a blue shirt unless the shades of blue are extremely different. As a general rule, wear brown shoes plus brown belt with blue. The quality of your clothing is not as important as the color coordination. Get used to looking at your clothes as a net effect. Generally, women are far more perceptive about color combination than men. You should be coordinated whilst not looking like you tried too hard. Aftershave, perfume, whatever, do not overdo it. If you're going to trim nails, pubes, cut hair, whatever, do it two to three days before so by the time you're on the date you feel natural. Brackets, length of time for haircut to feel natural may be longer. 2. Pre-drink. Have one pre-drink. In order to connect with the target, you need to be on a similar level. Brackets, roosh, colon, bang. If you arrive drunk, you'll both sense it and the connection is lost. One drink will loosen you up and you'll probably have done the same, thereby starting the date on the same level. Avoid drugs beforehand. Cocaine makes you talk shit. Your eyes look wide and they can sense something is off almost immediately. MDMA makes you seem too laid back and dreamy. Weed makes you too paranoid and prescription meds generally zone you out. I have experimented with all the above to get an edge and the only one I've found can help is beta blockers if you are really nervous. Otherwise, the nervousness is actually needed in order to help form the connection. As on first dates, senses are heightened and the want to connect is already there. The other drug I sometimes take are dick pills. <laughs> the other drug I sometimes take are dick pills a la Brian Redband brackets J-R-E colon seven eight four pound if the date is going well i might take one it makes me horny which turns the girl on further if the date is going well sometimes i'll drop before the date just to see what happens but that's basically just to fuck with myself if you want to take a dick pill do it after you've begun to make out and grope three hold your frame on arrival don't get lost in the nervous swirl of quote-unquote how to play it as you make your way there or whilst you are waiting. Be natural. She will be nervous. Therefore, you make your frame rock steady, strong, and calm. She will be more than happy to fall into it. 
Greet with a big smile. Open arms, double cheek kiss to double hand hold. Backwards arrow, advanced move. Ask her how she is. Do the polite, quote unquote, fine, thank you, quote unquote, did you get here okay, etc. Veering from the script of social norms too early is a risk. If you meet outside somewhere, do not instantly start walking to the destination as soon as she arrives. Have your little stop and chat, then tell her, okay, let's go to XYZ. If you meet in a bar, similarly, do not ask her what drink she wants. Have your little awkward first conversation. Then tell her what you're going to drink and ask her what she wants. Women, as we know, can be notoriously bad at making decisions. If she starts umming or looks confused about what drink to have, suggest a mojito. Nine out of ten, she will start to think that she's Carrie Bradshaw and will say, quote-unquote, okay. Four, lead the interaction. Already have planned your approximate bar crawl. Three bars is good. You are flexible and can roll with the punches, as the goal is to create the feeling of knowing each other more than you actually do. Brackets Neil Strauss, colon, the game. And gives you three opportunities to tell her where you're going. Make it seem natural, though, not like you're some fucking weirdo that plans dates, which is what you actually have done. After you practice, you'll find different routes for different towns that you have set in your head. This is when you're a real baller. Bonus points if you can get them on public transport for a very small amount of time to get to the next bar. Trains greater than buses. 5. Pay for the first round and be prepared to pay for the entire date. I didn't say it was equal opportunities. I said it was how to bang. Dates are different to club scenes where being overly generous is a beta move. On a date, paying is not quite the same. If she offers, let her pay. If she doesn't, you can either walk or get your wallet. Realistically, she'll pay for one round or two. If you're reading and screaming, quote-unquote, I never pay for two rounds or buy drinks for girls, then you're a faggot. I'm not saying to be an open wallet, but there's a way to pay for things which makes you lead. Men have been doing it since the Stone Age. Tap into that. Six, drink selection. Cocktails are good. Firstly, the placebo NLP effect is saying, quote-unquote, cock. Brackets can't remember his name semicolon the game. Secondly, they contain shitloads of alcohol and taste like sugary drinks. Alcohol is a great lubricant. Be careful that you don't drain you drink whilst she is still on that first 10% of hers. Avoid pints of lager. You'll be pissing every five minutes, burping like a camel, and your breath will stink of shit. Bottles of Prosecco to share are good. Cocktails are great. And white wine is good or shorts, i.e. Jack and Coke, gin and tonic, etc. Encourage selection of cocktails, choosing different cocktails and trying of each other's cocktails. The combination of different alcohol will get you both more drunk. The shared experience will boost the date and the sharing of different opinions on flavors inevitably leads to quote-unquote ums and quote-unquote oh yeah, try this one. All very positive fun. 7. Conversation. Stay on script. To begin with, semicolon, what do you do? What's new? How did you and mutual friend meet? Where did you go to college? Etc. The intention is not to fuck it up or seem weird. RSD Julian calls this quote-unquote dumbing down, and I have to agree. Start boring and work your way into an interesting conversation. For years, I would turn it up and let all my freak out the bag instantly while being completely IDGAF about it. Which, of course, stands for I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it worked most of the time, but I also scared a few off. This new boring and then gradually working up to interesting slash quirky is giving me an improved success percentage. It also kind of plays into frame. I don't want to be too emotional too quickly, even if those emotions are positive and fun. I want to be rock steady cool and then gradually work my way into the interaction as a natural. As the date progresses and the alcohol takes effect, you will naturally begin to laugh more and talk about all sorts of things. Even by agreeing to meet you, she already has one foot in your bed. Remember that. 8. First kiss. When she wants to be kissed, just do it. You know the moment because you feel it. It should be taken at first opportunity. Failure to do so for too long will severely damage your chances of getting the notch. Also, gradually work an arm around her waist as you do it. They love a bit of groping. See Vin DiCarlo Escalation Ladder for the basics. 9. Transitioning to the crib. When it's time to fuck, do it. Staying in the bar too late for the sake of it just means you're too scared to take bang. After three to four drinks, just say, quote unquote, time to go home and just act like she's coming with you. If there's any LMR or she starts saying how she is going to get home, just say, quote unquote, I think you should come home with me. Hold eye contact, then begin to smile then kiss. Brackets, point nine assumes point eight has happened and that you've been passionately making out and groping her sufficiently. 10. Fucking. Get into your room. Make out standing. Pull at her clothes and grope slowly but stronger than at the bar. If you're able, pick her up. Put one arm between her legs. What? <laughs> 
put one arm between her legs up to your inner elbow so that your bicep is almost touching where her pubes would be and your inner elbow is right against her vag. The other arm goes around the upper back. Do this slowly and then walk to your bed while holding eye contact. Either throw or put her on the bed. For a film example, see quote unquote last tango in Paris. It's in the first sex scene. As a red pill man, you should be well acquainted with this film anyway for a variety of reasons that I won't go into now. Don't bother climbing on top for kissing and grinding with clothes. Just start pulling them off. Even if she starts to take them off herself, you carry on quote-unquote helping her. Just make sure you're not doing it too gently. Look at her with eyes of lust. In fact, do everything with lust. You can also fully undress before bed. Whatever you want to do, do it. Whatever you want to taste, take it. The first sexual encounter counter will usually define to a large extent how the sexual dynamic will be in the future. When you come, make noise. I know it can be difficult. I myself was a mute lover for years, but tr but trust me, you gotta get primal. Throw in a few quote-unquote ah fucks as you get close and pull her tight and do real power pumps as you see stars. Brackets sex god method for full explanation. I like to fuck like a wild animal, then spoon like a baby. Enjoy, Uncle Luke. And Nick Cage for president adds, Alternatively, you can invite the girl straight to your place with a pretense like, quote-unquote, cooking dinner. I've fucked four Tinder girls in the past two weeks doing this no LMR, which stands for last-minute resistance. Edit. For guys who have never tried this, it works best if your Tinder profile has a real scumbag look about it. I wear dog tags, have my ears pierced, etc., and my photos send the message that I'm just a guy looking to get laid. That way, the girls who come over know exactly what they're getting into. Literally, on your third or fourth message, just say, quote unquote, tomorrow I'm going to cook dinner and watch this movie I've been wanting to see. You're welcome to join me. Of course, some girls will stop responding when you say that, but if you have about 25 matches, odds are very good that one of them will be down. And Joe Jack Johnson writes, I will verify that this works. Chicks love men who can cook, and it bypasses her ASD which stands for anti-slut defense and LMR because it gives her a legitimate reason to come over brackets free food. Plus I get to show off my house, which most women want, which is more SMV, which stands for sexual market value added to you and climbing to ladder rights. It's amazing that so few women can cook worth a shit. One, that's one of the most valued skills a female has in a man's eyes. And two, as you said, it's not difficult to learn to do. They're so fucking lazy. And wise progressive think writes, sort of a rule about women is that if they don't have to do something, they won't be doing it. Microwave dinners and fast food made it so that women don't have to cook anymore, so they don't. Brackets, unless their man makes them. And Prince of Spades adds, and we wonder why so many American and Western European women are fat as fuck now. And throwaway blue pill writes, not like there's a gender difference at that though. And Prince of Spade replies, while this is true, a confident fat man will do much better than a fat woman ever will in the dating scene. You can thank football culture for that. Apparently being a lineman is still somehow quote unquote sexy to some sorority sluts. And throwaway blue pill replies, true, line man thing is a justification though. In my country, which doesn't watch NFL, chicks go with confident fatties all the time. And sup dummy replies, cooking dinner for a girl is great in so many ways. Cheaper and less time consuming than going to a restaurant. You don't have to leave your house. Seems slash is thoughtful. Gets girl in your apartment immediately. You'll be cooking dinner for yourself anyway. So might your sort of multitask asking slash two birds if your game is idgaf enough you can be wearing sweatpants when she comes over if you're hot enough this will win you points eventually you'll get to a stage where you're unwilling to meet a girl if she's not willing to come to your house or at least drive to your neighborhood where you can go for a walk from there and then circle back to your place for ice cream slash tea slash netflix you could call this laziness but i think the dynamic immediately weeds out stuck-up girls and puts you in the driver's seat of the interaction right off the boat and Pyrodoxal writes, If a girl agrees to come over for the first date, then yeah, she's already decided it's time for Pound Town. And we'll go from that thread to a new thread in the The Red Pill subreddit of reddit.com in a thread started by Illimitable Men, entitled, Everything You Need to Know About Chit Tests. 
And there is a link to illimitablemen.com. Synopsis. I've never really seen any extensive posts on the nature of shit tests, and people try to rely on quote-unquote agree and amplify as their crutch for dealing with shit tests, brackets, which is not always a wise move. So not having written anything related to TRP theory in a while, my latest piece looks at shit tests. Example explains them and gives some examples. Enjoy! Any questions pertaining to the article topic? Feel free to ask in the comments, brackets here or on the blog, it doesn't matter. If you're relatively new to TRP, and are unsure about quote-unquote what a shit test is, I urge you to check this piece out in its entirety. Excerpt contents, one introduction to what are shit tests and what purpose do they serve, 3A, shit tests and game, 3B, shit tests passed and shit tests failed, an example, 3C, examples standard shit tests women use, 4A, shit test variation and severity, 4B, basic shit tests, frame probing and wordplay. 4C, advanced level shit tests, psychological games. 4D, nuclear shit tests. 5, passing shit tests. 6, in closing. Introduction. Many in the manosphere seem to think that shit testing is a social device unique to women, whereby a form of social test is employed to determine the social fitness of a male in order to discern if he is a viable sexual option or not. Now, whilst this isn't wrong per se, it is an incredibly limited and rudimentary view of shit testing. Shit tests are a basic yet vitally important part of understanding and applying the red pill philosophy to your life. Even if you don't agree with the red pill philosophy per se, shit tests still affect you. As a basic social dynamic, shit tests are something so intricately unavoidable that you're going to want to be able to identify and quash them as a matter of due course. Now, without further ado, let us begin. What are shit tests and what purpose do they serve? Why are they called shit tests? Well, when somebody quote unquote gives you shit and fucks around with your head to see how you'll react, what you are experiencing is typically a brackets series of shit test bracket S. Everyone has been shit tested, get shit tested, and will continue to be shit tested. It's an unavoidable part of human interaction. We use shit tests to make value judgments about people and likewise they can be used to determine how you will cope under stress. The underlying theme behind the mechanism of shit tests is that they will always test your metal. Hence, the name is not only fitting, but likewise accurate. Shit tests don't always have to be a questions. They can be brackets, but accusatory slash provocative assertions. These assertions will be designed to elicit an emotion from you and push you into a state of reactivity, causing you to reveal information about yourself. Quote unquote, okay, I get that, but why not just ask me what you want to know rather than play these silly games? Humans have a propensity to lie and tell people what they think they want to hear. This is especially true of women and the effeminate men who emulate them. Both are consensus-seeking creatures who crave group approval. This goes some way to explaining why women, regardless of social standing, indulge in vapid social pleasantries that men of substance have neither the time nor inclination for. But I digress. On the immediately observable surface level, the majority of people are concealing their true identity. This in order to make accurate deductions about the personalities around us, we must challenge them subtextually and draw conclusions about quote unquote, what they are really like based on their responses. Shit tests can be blatant or they can be covert. How they manifest depends on the intent and personality of the individual employing the test. The sum potential combination of differing shit test scenarios is so vast that I cannot possibly give an example of each and every possible outcome in this article. Therefore, I shall instead bestow with you the knowledge necessary to refine your own analytical capabilities so that you may act accordingly when you find yourself being shit-tested. And my Ishi Zaibatsu writes, Okay, how about this one? Happened just this evening. GF is currently doing some passive-aggressive bullshit on me because I shut her ass down this afternoon. I was in the middle of some intense cramming for an important exam tomorrow when she calls me out of the blue. I decide, fuck it. I love this girl. Why not? So I'm entertaining her, listening to her. Then she tries to tell me about how one of my friends is really manly and she has a crush on him, etc. She's trying to be cute, I guess? Like playing off the quote-unquote, I like this guy, but I love you. Anyways, my ego gets hurt. I hang up. She apologizes. I apologize back. We make up. Say I love you to each other, etc. But here's the bullshit part. She's saying I love you like a disproportionate amount of times. It's really fucking with my head. Edit. Eh, never mind. Upon reading my own comment, I realize it's my fault for falling for her shit testing by hanging up. I'll have this cleaned up by tomorrow. And 
The Ryan Gray writes, You failed the second you answered, my dude. In the words of Patrice O'Neill, brackets, through the words of war games. Quote, unquote, the only way to win is not to play the game. You were busy for something important in your life. You gave up your responsibility and your mission to answer a meaningless call. Everything after was just piling on. And Maishi Zaibatsu writes, Is it really that black and white, though? I was missing her a bit, too, and part of me did want to take a break from studying for a while. When we got together, I was purple pill, though. Brackets, reading RP, observing from afar, taking what was useful, etc. I guess right now I'm still trying to, quote-unquote, fight the red pill, wishing it weren't true, but it's slowly becoming more and more clear to me that it is right on the money. I guess I can be my own experiment. When things are going smoothly, I'm usually cruising on purple pill mode, not really trying too hard to be alpha, show a bit of my more playful slash childish side. But when shit hits the fan in crisis mode, I turn into red pill and dark triad for wisdom. So far it has delivered, unquestionably. Just want to thank you. This community is like the father I wish I had. And the Ryan Gray adds, Your mission and your goals are number one. The second you answered, you put her ahead of them. That's where you failed. And Maddie Anon writes, She's making a threat and disrespecting you and your friends. It's not, quote-unquote, trying to be cute. This is crazy, threatening, jealousy-inducing behavior and needs to be shut down fast. At best, it's attention-seeking, brackets, because you're busy, but it looks more manipulative than that. Your response looks naive. She has not helped you in your mission. She has tried to make herself number one priority. Responses, quote-unquote, sure, you can have him if you want. See ya. Or, quote-unquote, shut the fuck up. You're with me and that's the end of it. Depending on how you play things, brackets, not giving a fuck versus dominant. And Tenient J replies, Another pro tip is that shit tests don't always need to be addressed verbally either. And Rojo Pildora writes, Funny story, my buddy, brackets, totes alpha, is always saying, quote-unquote, ha-ha, you're funny to girls. He diffuses 90% of shit tests. It is unfucking real And R.P. Scrote writes, in this vein, one of mine is, quote-unquote, LOL, you're goofy. And No Face adds, I also add a chuckle after she repeats and then ignore slash change the topic. And T.R. Palternet writes, For the married guys in here, I'll add one thing that I learned from experience. If you're faced with passive-aggressive behavior, ignoring it will, at best, postpone the problem. Passive aggression isn't the same as a veiled shit test. The entire purpose of being passive-aggressive is to niggle at you until either you become cowed by guilt and fear of disapproval or until you set some boundaries. You have to confront passive-aggressive behavior, preferably immediately. When you do so, be firm but not aggressive or angry. Make sure you shoot down any denials, brackets, E.g., quote-unquote, I didn't mean to hurt you. Also, don't let her flip the script back on you. If she tries to deflect with something like how you don't do enough dishes, you can say something like, quote-unquote, we're not talking about dishes, we're talking about, brackets, insert passive-aggressive action. Set limits and follow through. Make sure she knows that further behavior like this will not be tolerated. Also, tell her that if there is a problem, she is to state it to you directly. In my case, about an hour after the discussion, she asked me to apologize for getting upset with her. The absurdity of the situation got the better of me, and I let a chuckle slip out. Then I told her that she was the one in the wrong, so she will be doing the apologizing. She did. One year in, and that was the last passive-aggressive snipe I have ever dealt with from her. And deleted ads, I'm aloof in just about everything, but I get real serious fast when my GF starts to play that shit. No thank you. Your post reminded me. Someone used the term quote-unquote surrendering frame and quote-unquote frame maintenance a while ago here. And this is such a great example. You see tons of guys who let that shit go to the point where it becomes the norm of their lives and then it's over. And deleted ads, the only answer to, quote unquote, we should break up should be, quote unquote, okay, there's the door. Anything else is a game you are losing. And the next one we'll read is in the Reddit subforum, The Red Pill, in a thread started by Jenna underscore 27, entitled, Is 15 Too Young to Introduce TRP? Oh, and how I randomly found this place. Unfortunately, the original post has been removed. However, the answers tell the story. And Red Teen 224 writes, If anything, 15 to 17 is a good place to start. Brackets, the opinion of a 17Y slash O. Only danger is he starts talking about this kind of stuff or overtly brings it up in school then gets suspended for misogyny or whatever. It's the kind of thing that would happen in the UK, but I don't know about where you live. Try and make sure he doesn't start talking shit. And Jenna27 replies, 
Thank you. Very smart advice. Interesting and very, very, very sad that he would have to worry about that in the first place. He is naive, so he would never think of that or ever think about some of the ways he needs to protect himself in the future in general from women using him, crazies, crying, false rape, etc. Just one more reason for him to come here, really. He will be able to see examples firsthand of the stuff that happens in the real world. And Red Team 224 replies, Glad you care so much about pulling your nephew out of Blue Pill Fantasy Unicorn Land. There are times to protect him and times to let him make mistakes and learn from them, though. And Quiris writes, Yeah, agreed. The moment you start talking about TRP, the SWJs, social justice warriors, are quick to label you as a racist, bigoted misogynist, and then you're really fucked. And Widmerbeer writes, Nope, not too young. Introduction to TRP should be a one-semester mandatory class for all boys their first year of junior high, followed by a mandatory quote-unquote TRP philosophy and quote-unquote TRP and you class, brackets chalk it up under health science, for all incoming freshman boys in high school. Women leaving high school already graduate as veterans of deconstructing socialist situations in hypergamy light. By college, they get their master's degree in it. If anything, a 15-year-old learning TRP quote-unquote might be able to stay on the same track with the females of their age group. Jokes aside about the education courses, you're lucky if you learn it by high school because you'll witness it in action and be able to connect the dots, but even luckier if you learn it before marriage. Here's a good chart for you if you haven't seen it, and it is a graph showing the sexual market value of men and women. And porn, porn, replies. Do not point him to this sub. Someone that young will be spun up with the anger face posts and risk becoming some perpetually butthurt MRA victim. As in brackets, adult who knows the difference and can sift through and find the most useful tenets of TRP, you should just encourage him in the right direction. You can spout TRP truths without explicitly mentioning the subreddit and having the opportunity to teach someone could actually help you gain a deeper understanding of the material. And Jenna27 asks, question on that concept. What percentage of TRP is genuine solid theory slash examples and what percent is the angry butthurt victims? I haven't seen a ton of the latter yet, but I am new here. And yes, that is a good point. Someone else posted some online links to some very general TRP concepts that may be less harsh than the subreddit for his age. And choke down dat pill writes, I found this at 23. If I had found it at 17, my life would be unrecognizable level of better. I know this based on change seen in the last year. Introduce it to him as a secret, as a quote-unquote life hack type secret society and let him know he can bounce ideas off you so he doesn't get half the 8th grade on here. And Blorney Quando Floon writes, Gotta be careful with that. Ex-wife, brackets, finally, divorce took almost four years, spends all of her time trying to ruin my life. If she got wind of me trying to establish some secret report with my soon-to-be eighth grader, she would surely try to use that against me. And Choke Down Dat Pill replies, From what I understand, the poster is the youngster's aunt. She's gonna get the pussy pass, bro. LOL. And a anarchist writes, Shit, if I had a son, I'd have him red-pilled from birth. Like, you don't need to talk to him about masculine-feminine polarity when he's four and all he wants to do is play with his toy or whatever, but to me, the red pill means truth and reality. I think it's ultimately immoral to pull a Santa Claus on your child if he ever has questions about anything. You should always answer 100% truthfully and to his satisfaction. There should be a point where he is asking questions and your answer is, quote-unquote, I don't know. Your job is to share the known world with him and his is to explore it further once he knows the boundaries. Funny how this talk about limits and boundaries in terms of exploration is the same terms they use in BDSM. Regardless, show him that you know better than he does and then show him the tools that you use to help you find your success. A red pill man's duty is to help others find truth. 15 is touching the old side, I'd say, but it's definitely a good time to start. The sooner the better. And Alvernat writes, 15 years old is not too young to be told about the reality of the sexual marketplace. If anything, it is the perfect age to start learning. That said, this sub might not be the most appropriate way to teach a 15YO. There's too much noise to filter out to get to the signal and the quality of the filter depends on your life experience. Since you're a woman willing to tell him you guys playbook, then just give him some of the tips from time to time as you did. Alternatively, send him to this. 
and it is a website entitled theredpillroom.blogspot.co.nz slash p slash theredpillprimer for boys. That should get him covered until he has enough life experience to come to this sub. And that website is actually uh, a number of Google presentations uh, on this subject matter. And Lord Tudor writes, 15-year-old here, I wish I had found out about this place earlier. (laughs) And the Red Stoic writes, don't point him directly to this sub. Keep putting information on his lap as he needs it. Try not to use official TRP terms. Once you think he's mature enough to know what is and isn't acceptable to talk about, quote-unquote, really just how to keep his mouth shut about TRP, send him the Book of Pook or something. Chances are, if it resonates, he'll search it and find his way to the manosphere. And Young Disciple adds, Curious to know the advice you gave him. And Jenna27 replies, Hi, couple of things. If you saw how horribly beta his messages were, you'd get why these are so basic. Baby steps. I think the reason he's been able to pull himself out of this is that he wasn't talking to her for that long while he was in beta land, so he was never fully friend-zoned. So here's a few we started with. Bullet point one. Show indifference. Brackets. Had to explain to him what that word means multiple times. Bullet point two. Show no emotion. Bullet point three. No more emojis. Bullet point four. No more quote unquote being there when she needs to vent. Work on yourself more than you're working on getting her. Bullet point. Make sure you can see the other chicks around you and sweating you. Brackets. He had tried to hide them. Gah! Bullet point. Underhanded compliments only. Brackets, he had a hard time with this, ask me, quote-unquote, but when I hurt her feelings, 800 times. Bullet point, no more liking any of her pictures. Lord, bullet point, no compliments when she fishes for them. Bullet point, no going out of your way for her. Bullet point, when she bitches that you didn't respond or don't care enough, just tell her with zero emotion that you are busy lifting, playing football, etc. Anything self-improvement related and don't send it until she asks multiple times. Bullet point, tell her the opposite of what you are thinking when she sends you a picture or act unimpressed. Bullet point, stop worrying about her being upset. It means she cares. If she didn't care, she wouldn't have any reaction. Brackets, good or bad. He had a hard time understanding at first, so I actually gave him a point system to help him start. An example, 10 points for ignoring her a full 24 hours, 6 points for each hour of self-improvement, 5 points for a one-word response, 4 points for when she comes back with emotion and asks if you still care, etc. I told him at 150 points he'd be close. At 55 points she called him multiple times from a party begging him to come there. I thought I'd have to chain him to the damn house to get him not to go, but he stuck with the plan. Went elsewhere, made her wait for an answer, and then told her he couldn't go, giving her no explanation, forcing her to ask. Brackets. He wanted to say his mom wouldn't let him go so she wouldn't be too mad. LMAO. No! Eventually, after she asked multiple times, he told her he was busy going to a party that he knows some cute girls were going to. They went from him showering her with attention and her showing no interest as they were getting to know each other to her now not leaving him alone. She has been sending him pictures to get attention, asking friends about him, etc. The best part is that now that he is building confidence and seeing his self-worth as a mature... The best part is now that he is building confidence and seeing his self-worth as a measure of who he is in his life and not basing it off this one chick. The one-itis is slowing dissolving. And that is when you believe that you have found the one. The illness is known as the one-itis. From her perspective, this is great too. It's good for her to encounter guys who are going to be confident enough to make her feel happy and safe with them. Keep her ego down at this age so she doesn't become an entitled and heinous person, etc. Everyone wins. And Oliver Nat writes, I can't believe you are a woman dishing out actually efficient advice for a guy to win at the game. Brackets. And as a result, for girls in his life too. Even if he's family, that is seriously so rare. Kudos on you. You're contributing significantly to make his life a happy one more than any of his teachers or parents and jenna 27 replies ha 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 hi question on etiquette since you are a quote-unquote endorsed contributor i'll assume that you can answer this really well smiling emoticon to me understanding trp seems like it is nothing more than quote-unquote accepting reality what one does with that acceptance and knowledge is up to them PUA, LTR, marriage, whatever, but they can't change the reality to suit themselves. I love what I have found here, but no, this is not really a place for women. Someone on here told me to also try and check out Red Pill Women. 
And I did. Not to be rude or mean, but it's not the same as TRP at all since they selectively choose which quote-unquote truths to adhere to for LTRs specifically, which probably leads to bad advice and helps no one. They not have TRP moderators, so I'd like to find a place more consistent with TRP principles. I like the LTR focus there, but all TRP concepts should still apply. They don't change between PUA and LTR slash marriage unless I am misunderstanding something which could definitely be the case. Still new. Brackets, I am more of an LTR type. Raised with traditional values. Was virgin for a long time. Can't mentally be okay with the CC idea of no staunch PUA would ever waste time with me. I'm okay with that. Just think it's important to understand and accept the reality. I don't take it personally. It is only logical since an LTR is the opposite of their goal. And of course, LTR is a long-term relationship. It seems that this sub is 95% PUA. Just ask for pickup artists. As a TRP enlightened female who is not the type that a PUA would ever go for or care to hear from, where in the TRP universe is there a place for her? If the answer is nowhere, that's okay. Just wondering, just wondering if I'm missing something. I've learned a lot here and can surely apply and help others out in the real world. Smiling emoticon. And Tiger Kitten 19 writes. You certainly aren't the only girl who has found TRP. I've been reading it for a while and agree with a lot of it. I'm glad you posted. It made me want to come out of the shadows and at least reply. Anyone can see from my post history, I have a strong desire to be led by a dominant masculine man in a relationship. So for me, like you, TRP just makes sense. Good luck to your nephew. Update us if he seals the deal. Winking emoticon. And Aussie Phil 82 replies to the original question. Of course. It's too young. School is for getting good grades and setting yourself up for a good future. Classing cunt is just a distraction and should be strongly discouraged. And like Seca writes, Currently 19, found this place when I was 15. Looking back, finding the red pill was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Got a bitch on the path to becoming Superman. Outlook for the future is I'll probably never want to commit to any girl ever and will not be creating a family or raising kids. However, I will be pursuing my own interests and that should take me pretty far in business and personal development. And random assortment ads. I'm 15, pretty young, can confirm that it doesn't make you a social retard at this age. What I will say is make sure he doesn't start to resent women for their nature, and generally he'll be fine. In fact, he'll probably become a quote-unquote natural. And Hawk Eagle Jesus writes, Boys his age used to lie in order to join the army and go kill Nazis. I think he'll be fine. Just like we vaccinate our young against diseases of the body, we need to vaccinate them against diseases of the mind like feminism. And Big Red Chewing Gum finishes the thread by saying, Yeah, right. Show a 15-year-old this place and he'll think he's a quote-unquote alpha male because he started acting like 90% of the hand-holdless virgin spurgs who post here. <laughs> Well, what did you think about that? It was certainly a lot of words and I guess what you could call mansplaining the manosphere. I'm not sure, but an interesting view of the world to be sure. Cynical, perhaps. Cynicism derived of life experiences, also perhaps. Should you be telling a 15 year old such a cynical view of the world? Mm, probably not, although I mean, if they want to be an alpha, then absolutely. Yeah, more men's rights activists slash pickup artistry. There are all kinds of threads on the red pill subforums like uh, how to hack women's chemistry and the not be how to not be emotionally invested and thank you for breaking up with me and things like that. Uh, how to deal with apathy, depression, and lack of motivation. Stuff, you know. In a lot of ways, it's a self-help system, like many other things in this world. And if you are able to do that, if you're able to help yourself through this system, more power to you. And a lot of it is sort of just angry at women. Who can blame these guys? Women are the worst, right? Boh, you ladies. Boo. <laughs> so, the red pill. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, for some reason, it took me a really long time to edit this one. Just kept having all those technical problems that I love to have. In other Lou news, I am continuing to do the talk show that I am doing in my car when I have to move it for alternate side parking here in New York City. And if you want to check that out, um, you can check it out at 
Facebook.com or search Alternate Side Talking on Facebook.com. Look on the Lou Reed's Facebook page where I have posted several of the links. I'm going to also be doing it on Twitch Live now at twitch.tv slash Lou Reed's. I've posted my previous episodes there as well if you like um, to check it out. It is there. Uh, and in other news, I'm out of magnets, but I have new magnets on the way. So if you want a magnet, please feel free to ask for one. And of course, if you're going to ask for a magnet, send the request with your address to loureads at gmail.com. The amount of people who write and just say, I want a magnet without including their address is astonishing. So ask me for a magnet. Why not? And finally, if you haven't written a review of the podcast, please do on iTunes or whatever you choose to leave one. Uh, if you leave it somewhere weird, let me know so I know it's there. And thanks again. I know I, I thank everyone at the top. Thank you at the bottom. Thanks again to everyone for supporting the podcast on Patreon. I super appreciate it. Any amount helps and lets me know that people actually care enough to share and be sure to share it with everyone you know mom dad grandma grandpa the mailman put it on at the bar you're working at people love to listen to podcasts and not music when they're at a bar they want to hear a guy with a deep voice talking about horrible shit i'm sure anyhow that's going to do it for this episode of lou reads the internet for you my name's lou this has been lou reads the red pill subforum at reddit for you We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.